This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself. Change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and we are going to be talking about the connection between self-knowledge and self-love. And uh, one of the things that is really clear in looking at any kind of uh, spiritual teacher throughout time is that they've emphasized this idea of knowing ourselves. We've been talking about a lot of different ways to know yourself, to connect, bring that out in the world, you know, in terms of your personal truth. And I, what I want to do now is sort of build this bridge between an aspect of knowing ourselves, or we'll many even say knowing ourselves, and self-love, right? So if we follow the history of this, you know, uh, statement, you know, he who knows himself is wise, right? Uh, or he who knows others is wise, he who knows himself is enlightened. If we follow that kind of statement throughout time, we can see that after, you know, uh, it was spoken about in religious texts, we also see psychology kind of took up a similar uh, uh, approach. They took a similar perspective in what is this? What is this in- internal experience? What is our conscious experience really all about? And out of this inquiry came huge, right? A $10 billion industry. And it provides everything from like really helping people get inside and seeing themselves to stuff that is much more superficial and and borders on being ineffective, right? And one of the things that can cause this ineffectiveness sometimes is that we're we're wanting to know, like we know, okay, I should know myself, right? But we don't actually know what the mechanisms are. We don't know how to produce a sol- the solutions that we want. We we might not know. Um, we might know that it's important to know ourselves, but we don't necessarily know how to apply that all- knowledge in our life. Right. And when you look out there at, you know, various different modalities, very frequently you see that. You see that there's this outcome that we know we're supposed to get. No self-knowledge, you know, knowing how our history has affected us, knowing, you know, what our behavior is like. What we don't necessarily know then, how do we apply that knowledge? And so you'll see a certain amount of ineffectiveness where people have awareness, but they don't have the ability to apply that awareness, right? Um, so, 
you know, a really great example of this is how it was said that telling one's story, right? Like in the, you know, telling your story in the therapeutic setting or something like that was sufficient in creating change, that that process was going to, in and of itself, elicit some kind of change. Yet there's some truth to that. It does have a positive effect. But then there are a lot of people who will say, and you might be one of those people if you've you know done a lot of therapy and you would say something like, I know, I know why I do the things that I do. I know what it is that I'm all about or what caused me to be this way, but still I'm not able to create the kind of changes that I'd like to see for myself. I'm still not able to, you know, really change some of these dynamics that I face, right? So, you know, in that, that we started to realize, hey, wait, looking back maybe is not totally where it's at. We're we're looking at where, how, what are we going to become, right? And it's Jung who said, I'm not what happened to me. I am who, what I choose to become. And he recognized that agency and that ability to switch from how we have perceived ourselves into who we might be. And on the flip side of that, in, in psychology, we have the, um, you know, how behaviorists were kind of extrapolating our, uh, how to change our behavior, just our behavior. And uh, frequently that was based on studying uh, the behavior of animals and most specifically the behavior of mice. And the emphasis is like, okay, if we can just change someone's behavior, then that's going to do the trick. Then, then we're really going to, you know, get to the heart of it. And we're really going to be able to affect this, this transformation that, um, you know, people are, are seeking. And, you know, each of these has incredible value, right? And they also are missing something, right? It, because... Because our overall fulfillment, our transformation doesn't come just because we change our behavior. And it doesn't come just through the awareness of what we've been before. But it is, you know, much more likely to be the result of the wisdom gained from our internal inquiry and then how it is expressed through our day-to-day life. So it's actually a connection between what we become aware of and then how we're able to use it. And this is, you see this also in, like I was saying in the beginning, spiritual teachings. You see the same kind of dynamic, right? Um, There is a statement, he who has not known himself does not know anything, but he who has known himself has known the depth of all. That was said by Jesus. But, you know, in many religions, you don't actually see the path. You see interpretations, often superficial interpretations, uh, for example, which day it's okay to eat meat. But you don't actually get the specific mechanisms that allow us to apply that self-knowledge in the world, And that, I believe, is one of the most critical and important areas that we can address when we're addressing uh, this, uh, you know, our our self-transformation, you know, is how do we start to apply 
our new awarenesses to our everyday life that is not just mechanistic, right? And is not just related to our previous story. So learning to apply our wisdom in every day and how do we learn to apply this deep self-knowledge? So I think that one of the most important applications of this kind of internal wisdom is self-love or the total acceptance of who you are. And what I notice with people is that so often I am asked this question. So often I am asked, what does he even mean to love myself? How can I get started loving myself? What is, you know, like, what do I do? Do I say nice things to myself in the mirror? Do I write affirmations? You know, what are these things, right? And so it's the same as the behavioral approaches. If you write an affirmation or you say nice th- self to your things to yourself in the mirror, and it's disconnected, it's just a behavior, it's just a change in behavior, it has a small effect, but, but it did have as great of effect as when we are able to apply, when we're able to actually get that inner wisdom to come through, when we're able to not just write an affirmation, but be truly connected to that and be able to start to use it as a transformational tool. So if you kind of go out into the world, if you right now you were to Google, you know, self-love, you're going to get things that say like, do what you love and pay it forward. And, you know, all these different ways that you can kind of love yourself, take care, give yourself some me time, all of that kind of stuff. And it's all very, very valuable, valuable stuff, valuable tools. But once again, how do we connect this? with that deeper, deeper wisdom or that deeper truth of who we are so that it really has a transformational effect rather than it's a superficial action or it's just simply a change in the way that we're acting. It's not a transformation in the way that we're being, right? And until we can understand that mechanism, I want to stress that so much today, until we can start to really understand that mechanism and really work with that mechanism, we don't have as much ability to create positive transformation in our life. We do not have the same level of empowerment. That's why I focus on this so much when working with people to help them actually be able to connect those two pieces. Along this lines, you know, I, I, I think that there is a part of us that knows how needing we are of this love, right? So, you know, the Buddha said you can search through the entire universe for someone more deserving of your love and affection than yourself. And this person is not to be found anywhere. You, yourself, as much as anyone in the universe, deserves your love and affection. And now, some people might say, uh, I don't, I'm not really feeling that. I, I don't believe that about myself, you know, and, and 
And then other people will say, well, gosh, I know that that's true, but what is it? Like, how do I actually get there? What do I actually do to get there? So the mechanism for getting there does begin with looking in inward. It is that search for our deeper nature. And then we take kind of normal and prescribed action in the world. And it's here that we either gain more wisdom and fulfillment or more pain. It's how we apply the information that's received. Right? We can see our actions in the world. We can see the things that we, with that translation of our inner self out into the world, we can see that as guidance and direction towards our true nature, or we can see it as something that's against us, right? And so here's the thing. There is absolutely no difference between loving ourselves and being ourselves. They're the same thing. So when we have a perception that when we express ourselves, it is blocked by the world or even us, in some way it's blocked, then that is a way that we take away from being ourselves, that we take away from loving ourselves. Now, when we use that as a mechanism of deeper understanding and deeper expression and unveiling, we are being ourselves more. And as we give ourselves that that permission, we're loving ourselves more. It's a really great quote um, by Thich Nhat Hanh that says, when we feed and support our own happiness, we are nourishing our ability to love That's why love means to learn the art of nourishing our happiness, right? And I can add to that, that that ability to nourish our own happiness, to give to ourselves the permission to be our full selves is an act of self-love. They are less about doing something like a specific behavior and more about this deep permission to express the fullness of who we are. So if we actually use all of the interactions with the world that we have to guide us in this direction of our true nature, and if we choose to see that our nature and as it's expressed in the world, then this is really the deepest form of self-love possible. It becomes that our knowing our truth and our being our truth and our loving ourselves are all the same thing. And conversely, this is true for others in our life as well. So when we do this for other people, it's loving them. 
I have one more young quote here. The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are, right? The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are, right? And that is the uh, ultimate act of loving yourself. And the ultimate act of loving another is to allow them to be who they truly are, to give them that opportunity to express and be and learn about their deep nature. So our, our, our mechanism then becomes about going inside and then learning learning how to open up to ourselves and our experience in a way that naturally unfolds who we are and this is a quite an involved process it's it's no it's no simple thing as much as it is a simple thing right it, it it's the reason that it's challenging is because for whatever reasons we get in our way for whatever reasons we find a million different ways to negate ourselves and frequently we use the perception that when we're met with resistance or obstacles or negativity or whatever, that we translate that, that something is wrong with us. That some way we need to adjust or adapt in order to be better in order to be more correct. When in reality, all we need to do is use that information differently. Use it as that guidance that brings us back into ourselves. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and I'll be back with more about, you know, knowing yourself and loving yourself and the mechanisms that allow you to be fully you. I'll be back right after this break. Educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a PhD in psychology, and plenty of real life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesigner.com. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. 
The question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And we've been talking about the connection between loving ourselves and being ourselves. And specifically, been saying that they're the same thing. And then exploring, okay, what are the mechanisms then that allow us to love ourselves, allow ourselves to express this deeper nature? What, how do we facilitate that in all of the things that we're doing so that our efforts don't end up being either superficially applied, right? Or we don't make a conscious connection about them, right? Because that is a limitation for some people. And, or we wind up, you know, just kind of going into inquiry, inquiring into who we are, but not actually knowing what to do, how to apply that knowledge. So we have a lot of story about ourselves, but we don't have a lot of change. And those are some of the things that can happen when we don't really get that there's actually a way of drawing ourselves through. There's a way of connecting the deepest part of who we are with, you know, life and back and forth. And actually, in its most natural form, there isn't, there isn't any resistance. There's perceived resistance, but there isn't any resistance to that. There's a, there's a, a, a natural, um, exchange in, um, in, in our lives. As much as, uh, we might feel otherwise at times. So in looking at what is this, what is this mechanism, how do we use it, how, how do we start to create, uh, you know, a positive dynamic between the expression of who we are and the world? And one of the words that got brought up earlier is the word understanding, right? To understand is to love. Which is, is very interesting because we can think of interest, understanding as a mental exercise, right? Oh, I understand what you're talking about. You know, we comprehend it. Or we can think of an understanding as acceptance of, right? Allowing the fullness of what something is to be present, to provide it with a level of understanding right so that those are that's a slight shift in the language when we go to understanding in a mental sense we might be like well yeah i get your behavior right but with a deeper understanding that understanding that comes from wisdom right that understanding that comes from wisdom 
is then a much deeper level of understanding. And that is that level of permission that we're looking for to give to ourselves and to give to others. And if you ever kind of hear this information and think like, ugh, you know, and you get frustrated with yourself about all the different ways that you get in your own way. And, you know, if it really is just about being my full self, why is it that, you know, I'm so not letting myself do that? It's important to remember that this is an unfolding. It, it isn't about an all, you know, like you do it. And then you're successful at life or you don't do it. You're not successful at life. It is about, it is the process that needs to be embraced. It is the uh, continual unfolding of who we are. It's the unfolding of a new aspect of ourselves that we might see in relationship to another person, to an aspect of our life. It's, it's, that process that is the continual sort of wheel that moves the transformation along, that allows us to step more deeply, more deeply into our life or more completely into our life. And when we embrace it as a process, we get rid of one of the obstacles to totally being ourself because the process is, is we're right where we need to be. That's the expression of ourselves in that moment where the end result is I'm not quite doing it yet. I haven't got there yet. And then we're continually on the search of we're continually sort of not accepting where we are to move on, to move to the next, you know, like, okay, I'm going to get there. If I keep doing this work, if I keep exploring myself, if I keep applying these positive, you know, behaviors, all of that kind of stuff, I'm going to get there, you know, or the frustration, I'm not getting there. Maybe I have to do this. Maybe I have to do that. All of those things are wonderful, you know, all of the behaviors that we have that are healthy, that facilitate, you know, healthy behavior, that those are awesome. But we can use them against, we can use it to hold us back from being able to fully express ourselves. So it's important to recognize these places that we get hung up. It's important to recognize that all these tools that are there, all these insights that are there, it's if we don't really understand kind of the mechanisms that make them work, we can actually stop them from working. So if we go about trying to do all of these behaviors in order to get to this place where we're fully free to express ourselves, we miss the point that what is a full expression of ourselves in one moment may not be the same as it is 30 minutes later or even two minutes later. And it most certainly isn't going to be the same two years later. So by understanding kind of how that works, 
you know, what are the multiple different pieces that we need to keep in mind in order to create this kind of transformation, that kind of full acceptance, you know, that being ourselves, that loving ourselves. As we try to learn those those mechanisms, we start to see where we get blocked. That's where the real richness is. That's where things really get going. And we don't get caught up in, in say, running after every piece of personal development work that's out there, for example. Trying to find the thing that allows us to love ourselves, allows us to to really be our full selves. So that one mechanism of we're in process, right? I was talking about this a little bit last time with like the paradox that we live inside of. So one of these is, you know, embracing the fact that our, our full expression is different at different points in time. And the other is what I mentioned before. How do we translate the information from our environment? How do we translate the information from our environment? This is such an important tool. Because we have a really bad habit of translating the information from our environment in a way that is negative or against us. And in being negative and against us, then it is a reason why we can't be our full self. We don't express the fullness of who we are. A number a number of different things that kind of stop us in our tracks. And when we can do the reverse, when we can see the process as actually, meaning see the events that are happening as actually helping us refine ourselves, we're in a whole different, whole different ballgame. So everything that happens in life, wonderful or difficult, or what have you, is then an opportunity to say, what is it that this is helping me learn? Not in a punitive way. That's another place that people get tripped up, that that learn becomes, yes, I will learn something out of everything in life. And it it has like this puritanical streak to it. And that isn't, isn't quite on track. It's like, what is it that I can take from this? How does this show me some aspect of myself? How does this bring me closer to accepting all that I am? I'll say that again. How does this bring me closer to accepting all that I am? Those are words you could substitute for. What have I learned from this? Right? 
so that you can get out of that kind of self-punishing perspective. You better have learned your lesson. <laughs> you know, you can get away from that that sense of needing to learn a lesson from stuff. And instead move to, how does this move me to a greater acceptance of who I am? And sometimes, sometimes it's accepting things that we are in a moment that we really don't want to accept. And knowing that, that's just, you know, that's us in a moment. But that willingness to accept not just the good stuff, but the bad stuff or the more challenging stuff. That is where the full permission comes. And so when people hear that, they often think, oh, no, like, what do you do? You just like if you give permission to yourself to do everything, right? Well, that that's not quite the same, right? So it, it's like, how do – there's this wonderful um, uh, lecture by uh, Ava Paracas, and um, she it's about how to fully accept yourself without condoning your lower self. And I love that as a topic. It's such an excellent one. So it's not about just saying, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, you can kind of, you can do whatever you want to do and it doesn't really matter Uh the the effect you just have to accept it. Oh well, I guess I'm just a jerk, you know. <laughs> um, it's it's not really that. It's more about accepting that as being, you know, who you are in that moment, your behavior, the best that you could do, right? And that doesn't mean that that has to be your behavior in the next moment. You can both accept it and change yourself. You can accept it, you know, and create a plan to do things differently. Those two things can go hand in hand. You don't have to negate yourself or stop loving yourself when your behavior is not what you think it should be. Right? Okay. So um, it seems that we have a caller on hold. So I'll open up the call for a question. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Hi, Kate. It's Bethany. Hey, Bethany. How are you? I'm good. I love your topic for today. It's um, so in line with everything I'm working on. Awesome. Um. And I'm hoping um, you might have some insight into, um, you know, in the process of trying to love myself more and giving myself permission of, you know, kind of tapping into what are my actual desires, like not just little girl wishes of like, oh, I want this and I want that, but what do I really want from my life? Because if I recognize that, then I can start loving myself by giving myself permission to go get those things. Right. Um, but I'm really having trouble tapping into like my true desires because there's so much programming kind of getting in the way of, well, this is what I should desire, or this is what I've right. been told to desire, or this is what I'm good at. So I should want to do that. But, um, right. I, I can hear that too. Enough. I mean, 
when you first started talking, I could hear that, you know, you're wanting to find sort of this deeper truth of who you are, but you're coming at it from like a mental perspective, like almost like you could do an exercise and like pull out what it is, you know, or your true desires. And what I would go to for you is, so you want to get out of your head and go to the feeling feelings associated with it and start there rather than trying to define define the end result practice what it feels like to be in the truth of who you are mm-hmm. and then observe that natural motion observe when it starts to come forward in your life and observe when it uh is blocked you know when you when you don't feel motion of it in your life does that make sense to you? Yeah, that's actually really powerful. Um, and Great. Definitely. Um, I think even, uh, I guess, like a, a follow-up question to that would be, um, I've been really second-guessing myself mm-hmm. as I start defining and, and looking at these areas of myself because it seems like I get a lot of pushback from, I don't know, the universe. <laughs> or right. people in my life or whatever, right. almost like when I'm like, oh, this is what I really want to do. And then those reactions kind of show up, whether it's a client who says, um, you know, I'm disappointed in your decision to do something else or, um, you know, I, little things that feel really big in the moment and make me second guess everything like, oh, they're right. I shouldn't want this. I shouldn't do this. I should just keep doing exactly what I've been doing in this box that, I've created for myself based on others' expectations. Right, 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 right. Well, once again, that's that mental process. And in our mind can see every different side of an, an issue. So, you know, once we kind of get there, that's really, it's good for analysis. It's good for planning, that kind of stuff. But when you when you make a choice and you head out in a direction, right, and you get met with, some kind of resistance, then, you know, there's a few different things that you can do there. But one of them is you can ask that question that I was saying before, like, what does this, how does this inform me about my truer, deeper nature, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what, what can I learn? What can I take from this? Because that is going to shift it from being uh, sort of like a, a negative story. I met resistance, right? And and now it means that I need to change. Instead, it's like connect in with yourself and then actually say, okay, what does this help me know and discover about myself, right? Like you can see a challenge as being something like an obstacle that's blocking you or you can see a challenge as being something that says, look at yourself again, get more connected to who you are so that you can be so deeply connected to who you are that you can create what you truly want to create in your life. So go deeper, like instead go deeper. of stopping going to deep because it might make somebody else mad um, or highlight their own process. I really liked what you said earlier on the call when you were describing, like, yes, there's lessons to be learned, but we don't have to get stuck trying to learn too many lessons so that we don't have time to take action. <laughs> right, right. And that well, I, kind of... 
I, I think that it's important for you to keep going to the feeling. In fact, if you listen to, you know, you know some of the other um podcasts from from this last month of of January there's quite a bit about connecting in with kind of the truth of who you are and the main thing is to pra- practice going to that place of feeling regardless of what it is that comes your way in life the stronger that you can make that base then the easier it will be to kind of navigate the things that are out front That makes so much sense. Great. Thank All right. You so well, much. I yeah. Thanks it. so Thank much you. for calling in. All right. So um, that was really great question by Bethany about how we can, you know, like how we can kind of get away from ourselves, how we can get challenged by, you know, the things that we're facing in life and what, how do, what do we do? What are, how do we get back to that place where we can affirm all that we are all you know all that we 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 feel that we can be right because a lot of times what happens is we get like kind of like a longing we get that connection to ourselves we're like yes you know we get the big yes that's what i want to do that's going to make me happy you know and that's going to be you know sort of like this a grand unfolding of who I am. And, and then, you know, we start to move that forward in life. And one of the things that can happen is that we're too fixated on the actual uh, outcome. In other words, we want it to look like something I want to know what I want to do with my career. I want to know what I want to do with my relationship with, oh, I think I want to do this. And then we get fixated on that outcome being the right thing. And then we can't, we lose our internal guidance. Or, you know, uh, sometimes we kind of, we get inspired like that. And when we hit the wall of resistance, the natural translation of it is, oh, maybe this means I'm wrong. Right. And we don't even take a moment to check back in with ourselves to say, I don't know. How do I really feel about it? We're all of a sudden we're in this spiral of, you know, uh, oh, maybe I'm not wrong. Maybe I am, but I liked this, you know, all of that back and forth talk that we do in our, our head. So by, by being able to return to our, our core, our deeper self, to know what that feels like, to know how to go there to figure out where the next step is, is it's an incredibly important part of the process. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, what what it's like to explore that feeling of the expression of who we are and how to start to work with it so that you're not so much making decisions about what seems the most practical or whatever, but you're making decisions about Oh, where is that natural unfolding happening? And there's another little piece of that that's so important, which is that there's a cycle to things. 
Um, so we have to also acknowledge the cycle of that expression of our deep self. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and then um, we'll be, I'll be back with the, the rest of the show. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot, but the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesiner.com. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and we've been talking about the connection between loving ourselves and being ourselves, and specifically the the mechanisms that make that possible in in life. And so just before the break, um, Bethany called in with a question about how to kind of stay connected with that deeper part of herself so that she can express, you know, kind of feel the love for herself. So in the face of resistance. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that as we wrap up this show. So the expression of that true and deep nature. And like I was saying, I was talking about that in previous podcasts and it's worth, you know, kind of going and listening to that in more depth. But for here, it's everybody is has their own way of feeling the deep truth of who they are. So that's kind of the first step is to get that feeling and to know what it is so that you have a sensory connection to what it means to be connected to your true self because then you can return to that, right? You can call up that experience for yourself, Okay. And then as you move through your life, once you're connected to that, start small, right? I mean, in, in my life work community program, I had people basically put two objects in front of themselves. One was for one direction in their life, something they wanted, and the other one for was for something else. And I said, start small. And one person started with two different types of shoes. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. And so by, by looking and saying, okay, what does it feel like from my core self? What does it feel like to move in, say, the direction of, you know, the red shoes? And, or what does it feel like in my core self to move in the direction of the blue shoes, right? And to start to observe the difference 
of the feeling of when you're moving in the direction of something that you really want and when you're moving in the direction of something you really don't want. I think it's important to say that, you know, I ask them to set it up between a want and a don't want, not some two things that they wanted because we want to start to differentiate between the feeling. So as you start to feel that, you can practice it in your life. So you can take any old moment, right? And you can be sitting on your couch and all of a sudden you have this thought. I don't know. Maybe it's like, maybe I'll listen to music or maybe I want to make myself a cup of tea or whatever, right? And you can practice by paying attention to that connection to your core self and what it feels like. And you'll notice that sometimes what you're going to do or what you say, oh, maybe I want to is like a habit or, you know, it might be other people's perspective of what you should do. And then the other ones will actually feel different. It will feel like you're opening to it, even at a small, like even things that are not that important. So when you start to observe what that's like, you can use it in all sorts of situations. So you grow that skill. And as you grow that skill, then you can start to say, okay, now I'm going to use this when I'm making this bigger decision in my life. Like, who what do I want to be in relationship with or what do I want to do with my career? And so as you start to, you know, use it for the bigger things, then you can use the information that's coming in as the refinement of that. How does this make me more aware, more accepting of all of who I am? Right. And, you know. And sometimes you, you'll, you mean, you'll learn all different ways that this works. You're going to learn all different kind of patterns that you can have in your relationship to life. And you'll get to know yourself and kind of start to trust that deeper wisdom that you have, even if it doesn't look like the right thing to do. You know, and a lot of times we dictate, we we predict whether something was the right thing to do or not based on outcome, which is very silly, very, very silly. (laughs) Um, So uh, it is important to look at it as, you know, the most important outcome is that you're accepting and loving of your full self. Because then from there, you can pretty much deal with anything that comes your way. So there's one more thing I just want to touch on before wrapping up today, and this is the cycle of things. So there's a natural cycle of things, right? There's sort of like the the birth of it as it moves and it like starts to grow, you know, and it starts to mature just like our life cycle, right? And then eventually it starts to, you know, fade out. And so when we're looking at any idea that we have or plan that we have or impulse that we have, it's important to acknowledge that some of what's happening is a life cycle. Some of what's happening is that we might be moving in a direction that seems really quite great and it is, and then it's not anymore. And it's not necessarily from one day to the next, although sudden deaths do happen. 
oftentimes it's just a movement in the direction of something new, right? It's like what we were going for is no longer what is truly feeding us, what is truly the unfolding of the depth of who we are. And so it needs to fall away. And sometimes when something needs to fall away, it shows up as negativity or um, obstacles or, you know, a draining of energy or something like that. And it's our wisdom that we learn over time, you know, that we apply that helps us discern between these different situations, right? When is it that it's the end of a cycle? When is it that, you know, um, I'm needing to push through when, you know, I mean, these are, these are really solid, important questions. And if we learn kind of this mechanism, this method of expressing ourselves, of, of accepting ourselves, of loving ourselves, if we learn that, then in practice it, we start to be able to discern between all of these different situations. We start to be able to say, oh yeah, look, I can see this has been wonderful and now it's over, right? And that's kind of what's happening. That's the feedback I'm getting. Or we can say, Oh, look, you know, this person is representing my fear. And how, what do I need to know or accept about myself? How can I love myself fully in this moment so that I know what to do about the fear that I'm having? That is wisdom. You know, that is, is, is true, true and deep wisdom. So it's not so much about getting it right. Again, it's about the process. So go ahead, explore, you know, try to work from your core and feel, you know, feel where there is this unfolding and feel where this, there is this block so that you can then apply it to greater and greater or more and more complicated situations in the future. So that's all I've got for you today. Thank you for joining me on Real Answers, and I look forward to connecting with you again next week. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.